Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to On the Break. New season, new music, new artwork. I am your host, J-Mac, and I'm joined by Josh VG. Josh, what's going on, man? Dude, that new music is dirty. I get chills just listening to it. Great job mixing it. Thanks, man. Every damn time. I just love it. It's It gets us going. We wanted something coming to the new season, a little more energy, a little bit more fun, You know, kind of get you feeling good before we do some basketball talk. Yeah, dude, I, I love it. I don't think you could have done a better job on that, so oh, props. You brought, me, brought it to the table. I just put it together. That's how I do it. But, uh, <laughs> man, I'm excited. I, I, I'm glad to be back. Kyle's out this week. He's going to be out for the next couple of weeks, so we're going to hold things down. But uh, he'll be back soon. You guys did a great job with the preview stuff. Loved listening to it. Loved uh, going back on, over the China stuff the other day and kind of just, I don't know, kind of getting back into the swing of basketball. I don't think I've really been back on since free agency. Yeah, you've been busy with baseball. And yeah. You're much more of a baseball guy than me. I'm like, I, I could give a shit, right? I get it, man. So. I totally get it. <laughs> it's a long-ass season. And, and this this two-week Apex is like the most busy time for me, period, Like at this company. We have football going on in full swing. We've got the World Series and playoffs happening, so we're doing live streams. And now basketball starting. So it's just it's like one of the only times of the year where everything just Apexes together at one time. And it's intense, but it's fun. It's exhausting, but it's fun, and uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm pumped for the NBA season to start and uh, to get things underway. Third, te- te- technically third season of this show. Last season was a full season, and we started the season before that, which is playoffs. But right. hey, we're calling it three seasons. That's what we're doing, dude. I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. It's like the man. pilot season, right? Absolutely. They still count that as an episode. That's the perfect way to look at it. You do like yeah. eight episodes to see if it's going to sell. The public loved it. Here we are. We're back. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, yeah, man, so uh, we've been catching a bunch of primetime games. Everything seems to have died down from the China talk, uh, it seems like. I mean, I think the revenue streams will probably be hurting for a little while longer. Is that probably, probably pretty accurate to you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's everything has died down in America from the China talk, yeah. right? LeBron's playing like he wants to get away from the China talk. Dude, he's he's <laughs> playing pretty well. I mean, like he like he's playing he's passing really well and the last quarter of that first clippers game he played really well but he was not aggressive for the first half yeah we'll we'll get into that because i've yeah. i've definitely got some thoughts you know how i am about when it comes to the lakers in general but man there's that that thing's ugly but like i said we'll get into it i think it's there's a ton to talk about here um so i i guess as we go into the new season and everything uh, let's just go personal for for a second on on you know teams how excited are you for the Thunder? Is it going to be kind of a rough year, rebuilding year? I mean, I'm going to be honest. So this is the first year that I've shelled out for League Pass, right? Yeah. And I don't know how I haven't done this in previously. It's the best thing um, ever, man. Dude, I love it. I haven't watched a Thunder game. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I because this year's not about this year's about 
getting Steven Adams and Chris Paul and Danilo Gallinari in a place where people want to take them on and then showing those guys out for assets. Right? Yeah, for sure. Maybe holding on to one of them. Maybe if like you had to hold on to one, obviously Steven Adams is a choice. Maybe Danilo, not Chris Paul, but I haven't watched any of their games because this year is not about this year. This year is about the future for them. Correct. And I'm not saying that I'm a fair, I'm not a fair weather fan by any stretch of the imagination, no. but I, it's just they're not as appealing to me as some of the other teams, and they're not going to be as fun to watch as some of the other teams. I'll go back and I'll study film, but they're not ones that I was going to give up a Lakers Clippers primetime show for. I wasn't going to do that versus, or I wasn't going to give up even a a Bucks Houston mm-hmm. or um, the Celtics Seventy Sixers. All those games were way more appealing to me than anything the OKC Thunder played in. Definitely. And I get that, man. Like rebuilds are tough, right? Like it's you're thrown in the towel more or less. You're saying, okay, you know, as currently constructed, this is not going to work or it hasn't worked or whatever the case may be. And so you're going to move on. And and sometimes you have to do that. It just it's how it goes. And it, you know, a lot of times it, it sucks whenever you feel like you had the pieces there and the timing just didn't work out or whatever the case may be. I mean, you know, it sucks when you had three future Hall of Famers on the same team. Yeah. And timing. Yeah, Scott no, Hicks. I know it sucks, man. I mean, it's. De- I think they're definitely a victim of the West, just having been an, been absolute juggernaut for the last like five years. Yeah, I think they're a victim of bad coaching, is what they're a victim of. <laughs> that doesn't help but, anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, the and it's like the East is starting to get there. There's just so much talent in the league, dude. It's unbelievable the amount of talent that's in the league. It's so true. Um, it's we're going to be in a situation and maybe 10 years where there are legitimately 10 teams competing for a championship every single year. This year, there's at least five or six teams that legitimately could compete for a championship this year. I agree with that. And like, we've talked about this a whole lot on this show, but like they're going to have to expand this league. They're just going to have to dude. I agree. There's not a better time to do it. There's really not. I mean, the talent, it's just so like deep on every single team aside from the Knicks that like, you know, I mean, the Knicks are carrying, like, four point guards and four power forwards. So, I mean, they're set up for success for years. But, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, it, there's so much talent. I mean, it's hard not to have a super team. Dude, look at the Jazz. That yes. team, nobody's talking about that team. That team possibly ha- has possibly the best defender in the league, mm-hmm. possibly a, a top-tier point guard defender that's a top-tier almost all-star, a shooting guard that could be a future Hall of Famer. You know, like, that's crazy amounts of talent on that team. Nobody's talking about them. Or look at the Nuggets. Same exact thing. Yeah, exactly. They had the best passing big of all time. Yeah. And then they've got, you know, Porter coming back. So, like, you know, they've right. got, man, it's going to be an exciting year. Like, this is going to be a great year for basketball. I think everybody's kind of excited that Golden State's on, on their ass, but people are going to hate the Clippers in no time. They're less hateable for me just because, one, Kevin Durant's not there, right? It's fair. And then two, I so I remember the game that I was watching where I just decided that I hated Steph Curry. <laughs> I can't remember I who he was can... playing, but I remember what happened. It was he was like 0 for 10 from the three-point line for the entire game. He was having a horrible game. Mm-hmm. And then he hit a three so that he was one for 11, and then he shimmied down the sideline. I was like, I flipping hate that guy. Sure. So I don't, I don't think that the Clippers yet have become that like villain where they're just – cocky like Patrick Beverly you can you can hate Patrick Beverly because he's already getting getting pretty pretty feisty down there you know but oh, you I don't think Kawhi is ever going to be that villain like LeBron James was 
in the in the Miami in in Miami or like he he's kind of turning into now or the villain like Kevin Durant was in in San Francisco I, I just don't think that Kawhi has that personality where you can just hate his guts yeah I know what you mean but I it's just it's one of those things it's not it's it's not about the team really at all like before yeah. Golden State it was it was Miami you know and just so on and so forth it's always there's always a team like that that everybody just Oh, well, they just beat everybody, so I hate them. And it's like, that's not really a good excuse. Like, this Clippers team, uh, man, I'm I'm stoked about this Clippers team. They are fun to watch. We'll get into the specifics of it, but, like, I'm really excited to have, a, like, a, a legit contender in the West that's, I mean, it is put together by, you know, bringing in free agents, but, like, it's really not either. Like, that team was really good last year before they brought in Kawhi and Paul George. Yeah, there was, there was nobody... It's like the difference between Miami LeBron and then Golden State Kevin Durant. The Miami LeBron team wasn't winning championships before, you know. Mm-hmm. The Golden State Kevin Durant team was winning championships. And when you add that player, it's like, who's going to beat them? Right. Um, you know, this team wasn't winning championships before. They were good. Probably, they were actually about like Miami was, where they were the eighth seed coming into the playoffs, you know, and lost in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, but they weren't that Golden State 73-win juggernaut that some big name went to. Well, and when we talked in the offseason, uh, right when free agency started and the AD deal went down and everything, um, we knew that the Clippers were a team that needed Kawhi. They had to have Kawhi. There was not any right. there was not any direction. If he would have went to the Lakers, it was over with for them. Yeah. And like they, they just weren't going to be good enough. Like they needed those two superstars to put them over the top. And I mean, and and that's what you're trying to build, right? Like that's what you're looking for. And it doesn't yeah. always work, but more times than not, it can yeah. if you do it the right the eight, way. Right, exactly. The eighth seed without any youngsters is the worst place that you can be Absolutely. in all of the NBA. Anywhere from eight to about 12 is just yeah. the worst place you could possibly be. Right. So I, I'm excited for the year just because I think there's going to be a lot of hatred towards some different teams for once. And I mean, I've never really shared the feelings of hating Golden State like like you have, or I mean, hating on Golden State, I should say. I don't uh, think anybody hates Golden State as much as I did. And, and I get it, dude. Like I t- like every reason that you have to hate them is pretty justifiable in the, at the end of the day. But like for me, like I've just never really cared that much because I care about watching good basketball. And I know, like that's ultimately what it came down to for you is you had to let that go and just be like, all right, this is we're never going to see something like this again for or at least for a while. Yeah, I, I agree. Like it, it was hard for me to watch them and watch them move the ball around and watch them play so unselfish and not and still be like, man, I hate that they're doing it so much better than than any of my teams that have done it. Right. Especially when you're watching these teams that should have as much not as much talent as them. But Paul George and Russell Westbrook is nothing to nothing to um, sneeze, to at. sneeze no, at. Right. Definitely not. Yeah. And they, they didn't move the ball. It was just ISO, ISO ball, and that's not pretty basketball. Golden State's playing this gorgeous basketball. It was hard. It was hard. Yeah, right? I get it, man. I totally get it. And, like, when Paul George got there, it seemed like that was the way they were really going to go because you don't have, like, it wasn't like a Mike D'Antoni situation where it's just run and gun the damn thing. It was definitely set up to be that kind of basketball. It just didn't really work out. And that's a great example of how sometimes these rebuilds don't work. But I think also... Oklahoma City did a good job of capitalizing while they could. Like they've done the best, like some of the best front office work I've seen in recent years. Where whenever they've got to move and shift, they move and shift, and it somehow works out pretty well for them. Because by all stretches of the imagination, they shouldn't have anything left in the cupboard or on the court. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like if you 
if you could have made their coaching staff as good as their front office has been for the past since they lost, since they traded away Harden, that was horrible. But since then, we'd have five or six championships by now. You know? Yeah, I definitely. So I thought I think about that a lot, and we I know we've gone back and forth on this, but like I also don't know that Harden would have turned into Harden if he wouldn't have left. No, but what he was like, he didn't need to be turning to Harden. He just needed to continue to let Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook develop yeah. because what he was was he was Westbrook's safety valve. Whenever Russell starts getting too into it and, and trying to do too much, Scott Brooks would sub in Harden for him and let Harden take care of it. And Harden was the kind of came in and just slowed things down, played in the half court. Didn't play great defense like Russell was back in the day, mm-hmm. but he came off the bench and scored well, you know? So he was like Russell Westbrook's safety valve. I've got this. You're getting a little excited. St- take a step back for a minute, you know? And it, really, like, we may have never seen the Harden that we see, but I think that OKC would have still rattled off some championships. I mean, 85% Harden is still pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And he was so efficient, dude. It, that's like he was only scoring 16 points a game, but it was on, like, 10 shots, eight yeah. shots. It was efficiency. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very what you need off the bench. That's very true. I, I, it was it was definitely a weird time. I didn't watch the Thunder quite as closely at that point in time, so I didn't see... I mean, obviously, I remember that team playing because that was, what, 20... What, tw- 10, 11, 12? Yeah, right 2012. Yeah, yeah, right in that area. was prime. That's when they went to the championship. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and like it just... I don't know. It never felt exactly right. I didn't watch it quite as closely as you did, though. So, I mean, it is disappointing. But, I mean, they've been able to rebound from stuff like this. And they've been able to actually build on the fly. And I think that's something that you can probably take a lot of solace in, that this rebuild is not going to take them probably as long as it typically would for some other team. Yeah, I hope not. If they continue to hit on their draft picks the way that they have, like picking up Steven, I think Steven Adams was like number 13. And then Serge Ibaka was like number 26. Harden was a high one. He was number uh, three or four. Russell was number four. KD was obviously number two, but like they picked up so much talent in non-lottery or like late lottery. It's Mm -hmm. unbelievable, actually. Well, and I look at like rebuilds, like what the Mavericks have done, where it's like, I mean, two years ago, you were looking at Dennis Smith Jr. as your star. And now you're looking at Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. I mean, exactly. You like there are ways to expedite, but you have to be willing to take a chance and make the leap whenever you need to actually make that leap. And, and you know, I mean, it's the same thing with Trey Young for Atlanta. Like, he was going to fall. They they had the opportunity to trade with Dallas because they knew Dallas wanted Doncic, and so it worked out okay. You have to be able to take advantage in those spots and those rebuilds, and not everybody has a pass like like uh, Danny Ainge did whenever he rebuilt the Celtics with, you know, with uh, <laughs> being able to fleece Brooklyn as much as he did. I mean, not everybody yeah. has that chance to miss on a bunch of picks and still be okay in a rebuild. But right. if you you can expedite it if you do it the right way, and I right. think that's what's what's key to highlight for them. So I'm I'm I I know how it feels with the rebuild type thing, man. But I think it can be done on the fly if you play your cards the right way. If there's an organization out there that I trust to probably play their cards the right way, they're definitely one of them. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, um, they've got seven picks, right? Yeah, more, which is more awesome. than that. So, yeah, yeah, and they went from like two to seven within like a week and a half or something like mm-hmm. that. It's yeah. impressive. It's hard. It's it's hard to do, right? But uh, yeah. So uh, I went to the Mavericks opening night the other night, and it, so this got two tie-ins. We were talking about one about the rebuild, and two about your boy Scott Brooks. Uh, they took on the the Wizards the other night. Uh, they absolutely clobbered them for the most part. Did you watch any of this game, dude? I didn't. I I was um. So my new sleep schedule is nine p.m. So mm-hmm. I have to catch up on the on the late primetime games the day after. 
Um, so I was watching. Uh, I think during that game, I was watching probably the Boston game. That game. Probably the yeah, Boston, was Boston Sixers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was I was locked into that. Yeah. So this game was interesting. I like I say this almost every episode. I can't believe Scott Brooks is still employed there. I really can't. Like that team is terrible. Dude, he sucks. He's horrible. <laughs> yeah, he's terrible. And I mean, they're just a, a product of it. You can just tell. And it, it, it lots of ball sticking, lots of saying Bradley Bill save us, you know, right. A lot of that. Yeah. I'm pulling up the stats from that game because it was really horrific. At one point, it was like late in the third quarter and they were shooting like 20% from the field. It was horrendous. Yeah. And so I, I, I do take a lot of like, I don't know. I look at the, I, I guess what I'm looking at right now is just the progress and what this whole Kristaps and Luca thing is really going to look like, right? And I think that's what I'm most interested in watching for that team overall. What did you think of that? Luca had 34 that game. Yeah, and I think Kristaps had, I've got it right here. He had. Yeah, he had uh, 23 points um, on, he went three for seven from the three point line. Yeah, not not terrible. <laughs> that's I mean, I'll take 43% from a big all yeah, day long. Absolutely. You, know? you could tell that he needed. I'll take it from anybody, actually. Very <laughs> true. You, you could tell that he doesn't really understand Rick's flow offense quite yet. So it's going to take some time, right? Like this is, a, I mean, this is game one for these guys. It was weird being in the building without Dirk. That's for sure. I've never been there without Dirk. Most people yeah. haven't. Um, and I'm like, I think he's going to stay away for a while because you kind of got to let let everything breathe and move on, right? Um, but it was a different environment for sure. But it seems like Luca is kind of primed to take that step forward as far as being the leader of the franchise going forward. But into the game specifics, I mean, they really they're just going to take some time because the biggest takeaway I had were look at the point distribution in that game. You had Luca cleaned up, you had Kristaps clean up. That was about it. Yeah. You didn't get anything from the the rest of the unit, and you've got to figure they're going to have to figure out how to get those guys working. They will. It's early, right? New new crowd, new new team, everything. I mean, pr- that team's pretty much rebuilt all the way up. But they had a lot of pro- uh, post presence problems down low. They just they really they don't have Dwight Powell back yet, so that doesn't help. I mean, he's usually good for at least six seven boards a game, and I'm not a big Dwight Powell guy, but he's still a big cognitive piece to them. Here's just looking at the box score. Like I, I didn't watch this game. Here's my concern. Kristaps had four boards. That's a concern for me. Like, yeah, sure. he historically has not been a great rebounder. Like the most that he's ever averaged was about seven rebounds. Yeah. Like you can't have a seven foot three guy on the, on the court and not have him pick up more than seven boards. Like you've got to, he's got to be able to box out and get, get strong down in the post. Oh, and truthfully, man, it's that, that's kind of what goes back to what I was saying. Like he just doesn't understand the offense quite yet. He's just not there yet. And that's fine. He hadn't played in it at all, really. So it's yeah. going to take some time, and, and him and Luca figuring out each other is going to take some time. What really is the biggest concern to me is Dallas built a 30-point lead that they blew in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And you're going to see that from young teams. That's definitely something that they're going to get worked out, especially when you have such such a young core of guys around these two absolute superstars or you know potential superstars. Mm-hmm. You're going to have that, right? Like That's just a building thing, and that's just a growing pain that you're going to go through. But that's one thing I've always hated about Rick Carlisle is that he is historically terrible in the third quarter. There's a lot of games where they're in, fall out of, and then they have to crawl their way back and they might win, but they may not. And yeah. with a younger team, they've cleaned a lot of that up, but it's going to take some time, I think. They've got some building to do for sure. Yeah, and, that was a really totally slow-paced game at 103, 103 possessions. Um, 
offensive rebound rate for Washington was 21%. So that's yeah. them getting offensive rebound one every five shots. That's a little bit more. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty tough, man. Yeah. They're going to have to clean that up. Definitely. So they're, I mean, they're going to Dallas is definitely there. There are just a lot of things like that where it's just going to take some time. Uh, I love seeing Rick Carlisle get booted from a game. First game of the season. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Love that. Or actually right. he didn't get booted. He got a, he got teed up though. And I love that. I'm yeah. all about fiery kick a basketball into the crowd. Rick Carlisle. He does that man. More, yeah. maybe more than any coach in the league I can think of. He has pop. it in the last. Yeah. Pop. Definitely, I love dude. That's my favorite thing ever is whenever pop gets <laughs> thrown out of a game. Cause he makes it count when he does. Yeah. It's always like they're up by 30 and he gets thrown out or something like that. It's like, he's like, I don't want to be out here anymore. <laughs> I got a dinner reservation. I got to get going. Yeah, but I, I just, I, I love the fire in it. I, I think, I mean, there was a, a point where uh, KP put up a, a sick jam that was thrown out by Brunson. Like, a lot of really good stuff like that. Like, there's some good things to look at, but they also blew a 30-point lead. So that's yeah. concerning. And, and so they're going to have to clean some of that stuff up. Again, they're young. So I'm not really too worried about it. But it was it was quite the game to be at. So talk to me about the Boston game on the other side. So I didn't really get to watch this game very much since I was there, plus World Series was going on. Right, right. So Boston, one of my buddies texted me and was like, hey, my buddy's giving me 10 points on, or I think it was five points on Boston. Should I take this? And I was like, dude, I wouldn't touch that with a 10 foot pole. Yeah. Because you don't like Philly looks like they could be the best team for sure in the East. I, if Ben Simmons shoots 45% from the, uh, from the field, like uh, outside of the paint, they could be the best team in the league, dude. Philly's flipping good. Like the Bucks, if Giannis shoots 30, 35% from the from the three-point line, they could be the best team in the league, right? We don't there's just so many question marks first first game of the season. Philly um, basically assembled the Monstars team, is what they did. Dude, they're flipping huge. <laughs> they're enormous. They're, hu- they're humongous. They're enormous. Um so I, I I told them I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. I don't care if he's doing any 10 points. I wouldn't touch it. Um, not because I didn't know that Philly was gonna come out and win, but because it was the first game of the season. Boston actually led throughout the first half, right? Mm-hmm. So, and they led through most through most of the game. Um, Philly really put them away in the third quarter, outscoring them twenty-eight to twenty. Um, it just that's generally when more talented teams come out and adjust and play really well. Look at Golden State over the past three years; they've been the best third quarter team in the entire league. Right? It's because right. they've been the more talented team just about every time they step on the court. <laughs> yeah, that's besides so, the point. <laughs> right, right. Um, I actually texted you at the end of the first quarter. And said, your boy Tatum is balling out. Yep. Because um, I watched him hit two deep threes in a row. Um, and he was also making good reads. He ended up finishing shooting eight for 22 with 21 points. Um, pretty good. I, I I would say that that's pretty pretty horrible. Like, 21 points is nice, but 22 shots. Yeah, um, he did 22 shots. Okay. Yeah, that's he fair. did shoot four for eight. Line, and, he got, and he grabbed 10 boards, but I thought it was good. Jason Tatum to be determined. Uh, Jalen Brown after his big, big time signing. What did he get? One hundred twenty million. Yeah, it was four. Well, it's with incentives, so it's like up to one hundred twenty million. It was a really yeah. like it's a. Go ahead. I'll talk about that in a second. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? I uh, finished with um, eight points, seven boards, a steal, and zero assists. I mean, the, dude, the the biggest thing about this Celtics team is they're gonna miss Kyrie being a creator. That's going to be the biggest thing that they're going to miss here. And Kimba is not really that guy. And it's going to take a little bit of time to get Kimba situated in this offense. 
the good news is Brad Stevens is very much a systems guy. He's Correct. the opposite of Donovan in that, like, Donovan would love Kyrie because he'd just be like, I don't know, Kyrie, do your thing, you know? Yeah. Not, and Scott Brooks as well. But Brad Stevens wants to run a system, and I think that Kemba Walker will fit better within a system than Kyrie. Oh, um, definitely. Because, yeah, because Kyrie need need way too much of that, you know, free reign just to do what, you know, just to create. And, that, and that's fine, but they're going to miss that <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I was talking to my buddy the other day about – if I thought that Kyrie could average 30 points a game this year and I don't, it's hard to average 30 points a game whenever you're creating your own shot constantly. Yeah. You know, like, like Harden did it last year and Kobe did it always multiple all all the time. Yeah. I don't know that Kyrie is as talented as either of those guys. Um, You know, like you're putting out so much effort because Kyrie does a lot of side to side movement Mm -hmm. and he's max effort on every single time that he scores. He doesn't get a lot of those just pop off a screen and drill a three like Steph Curry or like Kevin Durant or like LeBron. He doesn't have the basketball mind that LeBron does, you know? Um, So it's a lot of max effort. I, that 50 point game in Brooklyn, while it was huge, they still lost. (laughs) They still lost to the Timberwolves, dude. And that's not a good team. No. Um, But but my thing about, I don't know that, I don't know that he's going to average 30 this year. I'd be surprised if he did. My thing about Kyrie is, and what what was weird about his fit in Boston was, like, obviously he was incredibly valuable to the team, but like, the offense always had to run through Kyrie. Yeah, and, and that's, that's what not what Brad Stevens is, right? Well, and that's fine, but like, the way this t- the team is set up is it's supposed to run through Gordon Hayward, and then you know kick out from there, and it just like, and that's what's going on now. Like, like that was one of the bright spots that I saw. I mean, Gordon Hayward had twenty five points. Let's see. He went uh, eight 15, for fifteen shots, bro. He played yeah. out of his mind. He really did. He had five defensive rebounds. Like he looked good the other night, and that was the first time I've seen the offense, other than like some flashes last year, really truly run through him. And we knew that it was going to take a little while for that, you know, for him to really get back. But I just while I I, I felt like it deminimized either Kyrie's role or Gordon Hayward's role. You didn't really have both sides of that coin like one was going to ball out the other and then it was really going to it was really going to make it hard for people like Jalen and Tatum to really be able to step up and actually do other things because while you're always looking for those creators and those guys that you're running things through you still need those other pieces around you to you know to make up the blank spots right so I think that's interesting Brad Stevens' system is built for one dribble scores or two dribble scores. Like right. he's not built for these people that just ISO and then drill back and forth and then make a play. Right. And that's what Gordon Hayward is, is he's a one dribble score. Like you don't see him ISO and go between his legs three times and then get somebody leaning and then cross him over to the right and then shoot a fadeaway. You see him come off a, like a high pop or something like that or a, uh, or a curl. And then he either takes a dribble or he pulls up and shoots. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what he is. And he's great at that. Yeah. And that's, he's going to be, I think that he's going to have a good year. Yeah, no, I think so too. I, I think it's going to be an interesting thing to watch. I what were the what was their over under? I think it was like forty five and a half, something like that. Does that sound right? Uh oh man, let me look it up. Something uh, like that. It was. I would be surprised if they were lower than five, which in the East was like 40, well, 47, 48. Yeah, I think they were right around that area. They're going to be right about that though. I yeah. think. I, I don't think they're going to be. A whole lot better, but I don't. Uh, I'm not really sure. I think they're going to be okay overall. Forty-eight and a half. Forty-eight. Forty-eight and a half. Wow. I'd probably take the under, but not by much. Uh, yeah, it's really just going to depend. It really is. But I mean, and his canter looked okay. 
I think that might be a. I think that might be considering them a three seed in the East. Um, I would. I would imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ennis Canner had twelve points. He had six boards. Like that's not a terrible. I mean, he's. I don't know. I don't really like plus minus a whole lot. I don't know how you feel about that, but minus twelve plus minus is. Eh. I think that I think that plus minus can show deficiencies. Yeah. So like Cantor, for instance, what was his? What did you say his plus minus was? Uh, minus twelve. Minus twelve. And look at how efficient he was offensively. Sixty-two percent from the from the uh, from the field, um, over one from the three-point line. That's going to show me a deficiency. Well, they lost by they lost by fourteen. A little bit better. Um, but if it, if that was like in a win, it shows you defe- deficiency on the defensive end. That's fair. Is what plus minuses will show you. That's fair. Um, all right. So we were talking about Kyrie. I mean, where where your where's your head at on Brooklyn this year? I think they're not going to be good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would. Mm. I mean, I think they'll make the playoffs because a superstar in the East will make you make the playoffs, right? True. But they don't have. I don't. I could see them getting easily bounced in the first round. I could see them getting swept in the first round if they make like a seven or an eight. Yeah. If they make a six seed and they play against Indiana or Boston, they might win a game, win two games. But they're like Kyrie just dropped fifty and they lost to the Timberwolves. Yo, I know 50. Yeah. Like it's not like he dropped 40 and they lost to the Timberwolves. He dropped 50, 50. Yeah. Yeah. He, but and this kind of goes back to what we were just talking about though, with him is like when he's going off like that, the rest of the team's not doing a lot. Right. Exactly. So for, Karis Levert played out of his mind last year. As a matter of fact, he was a fringe fringe all-star, right? Um, yep. so, uh, let's see what happened. I want to look at the stats here because I didn't get to watch that game. But um, I mean, really what it comes down to with them is, I mean, they lost D'Lo. So they're and they're you're replacing it with Kyrie and you're going to spend some time just trying to get the rest. Of that. I don't know. I just I feel like my thing with that is like while you're going to spend a lot of time trying to get everything to gel together, it's very different than like the Celtics situation, because like with them, that team was constructed very specifically. And yeah. it really worked in a lot of different ways. But Kyrie Brooklyn. is just kind of a wrinkle in the sheets there. And I don't know what's going to happen when you add Kevin Durant. I mean, they're yeah. going to get better. But, like, I, I don't I don't really know how those two are going to play on the court together properly. They're not as good as the Warriors. They're both ball-dominant ball guys. Like, Kevin Durant's going to realize this guy's not Steph Curry. And he's not Clay Thompson. Right. He's not locking down defenders. And he's not setting me up with because people have to guard Steph Curry 50 feet from the from the rim um dude their bench lost it for him bro so Kyrie was plus 18 their bench overall minus 7 minus 15 minus 12 minus 13 minus 16 man that's that's rough dude that's bad uh DeAndre Jordan two points 16 minutes bro how many boards uh two boards two boards three boards in in 16 minutes that's not good well DeAndre's not there to be DeAndre Jordan of 2013 and 14 dude the way that Kyrie and Kevin Durant were talking well, they thought he was or something. I don't he's know. He's their boy, though. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, you're not going to dog on him. That was a sweetener at the end of the day. Yeah, I guess that's true. A mole that went to the Knicks to find out what was really going on. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. Andrew Wiggins, dude. God, man, that might be one of the worst contracts I've ever seen. What they they maxed him. Why did they he give went, that to him? Why did they give that to him? I don't know, man. But they ruined Carl Anthony Towns' career by giving that to him. Is what they did. Um, he was minus 26 on the night, minus 26, 21 points on 27 shots, 
worse than Jaden, Jason Tatum over four from the three point line shot two free throws, dude, that's not being aggressive. Yeah. That's shooting. I don't even have to look at the shot chart to know that he did nothing but shoot mid rangers. What if you, so I, we were talking about the, uh, Jalen contract. I think that Danny Ainge set him up to where if that doesn't work, they could go after Carl Anthony Towns. And I bet you they trade him. I fear. Here's what I fear. I fear that Danny Ainge went, I can't let these assets that I've accrued get away. I've got to pay this guy. No, you have and to hope you, that he, and hope that he pans out. Right. Kyrie Irving just walked out the door. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they offered him four for 80. Right. Yeah. And then he said, no, of course so they did. said, okay, fine. Four, four for 20, 120. Yeah. Well, yeah. But like the thing is, if you were going to let Kyrie go, you've got to pay Tatum and you've got to pay Jalen. That's, that, that's just how it goes. But, right. like, I think they also paid him in a way that they can move that contract if they need to. Yeah, they didn't max him. No. And, I mean, if, you, if you're if you Minnesota and you've got Carl Anthony Towns and nothing else and you can take Jalen Brown to peace for the future and some picks or whatever, get a max contract off, maybe even – I don't really know how the money would work. I'd have to look at the, you know, the specifics of it. But get off of some of those dead deals, you kind of have to consider taking that. And yeah, that'd be a good dude. move for both sides. Carl Anthony Towns balled out too, bro. He went 36, he 36, thir- or 36 and 14, three and three. Mercy. 40, 36, 14, three, three and three. Three assists, three steals, three blocks, dude. Um, I know that Kyle thinks we're 22 shots. on 22 shots. Jesus Christ. I know that Kyle seven thinks for 11 three point line, dude. That's a seven footer. <laughs> I realize Shoot seven for 11. I realize that Kyle thinks we're crazy, but we're not crazy. He's a good player. Dude, he's good. He's being wasted over there. He's being wasted. That's the problem. And I, I just, I think if they can't get anything going this year, they're going to, they're going to look to trade him pretty quickly. Cause I mean, why not? You have to take advantage of it. You have yeah. to. I realize you want to be you want to dig in because it's Carl Anthony Towns, but he's wasting his career there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'd take the money if I were him too. I get that, but like at the end of the day, what do you want to do, dude? And I mean, that may end up proving Kyle right and us wrong that he just doesn't really want to win, and that's fine, I guess. But you know, it is what it is. But that's I mean, true. look at your legacy, and I would I would choose to think that most guys want to have a better legacy than you know, like Delonte West or whatever. Dude, if this guy doesn't want to win and he's putting up three blocks and three steals, that means that he's playing on defensive end generally, three and three. Yeah. If he doesn't want to win and he's putting up that, dude, that's freaking talent. That's absurd. Bro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's crazy talent. That's but, absurd. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping that we see a breakout from him because he is fun to watch. He's Definitely. a lot of fun to watch. Definitely. Well, so we've had some other big games, and I want to, I want to talk to you about this Lakers game, the Lakers Clippers game to open. Uh, did you watch all of this? What was your, no, dude, I, I, I watched, uh, so I went back and watched the highlights, which are like, that's all you need. I, ha- I can find, there's a couple of YouTubes that are like every single play or every single scoring play. You don't get to see the defense as well because you generally see, I would say that NBA teams probably score about 50% of the time on defenses breaking down. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe even, maybe even worse than that. Maybe sixty to seventy percent of the time on defense is breaking down, so you don't get to see those good defensive possessions and see the type of scheme that a team is running. Yeah, right. A lot of times it's LeBron James in a fast break, so you don't get to you don't get to see what what the Clippers are actually doing, or you see a pick and roll that happened where um, maybe somebody didn't rotate right, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't get to see the type of schemes that the Clippers are running, and vice versa with the Lakers as well. So I don't like that that I only got to see the scoring plays, every single scoring play that happened throughout the entire game. But I, I feel all right with it. Um, 
ultimately I went into that game and I can't remember if I told you guys this or somebody else at work. I said, it's going to be a blowout regardless of who wins. It's going to be a blowout and it's going to tell me nothing about how these two teams are going to be. And do you feel that to be true? Yeah. Yeah. I very much really? do. do. I, th- I think that it wasn't as much. I predicted a 15 point loss by one of the teams. Um, here's the deal. If there's just too many question marks, Kyle Kuzma wasn't on the floor. Paul George wasn't on the floor, um, which could have theoretically made the Clippers better because at the end of the day, the reason why LeBron James, like LeBron's taking a lot of heat for not being aggressive and not scoring. The reason why he wasn't aggressive and wasn't scoring is because he was trying to defer to Anthony Davis. He's never deferred before in his entire career. And he's got to be able to figure that out because there were times where they were sagging off LeBron to guard Anthony Davis because he looked so freaking unstoppable. Mm -hmm. And LeBron was sitting there and just, they knew that he was about to pass to him. And so Anthony Davis would get a pin down or something like that. And LeBron would throw it knowing it was a pickoff, right? Yeah. So, I, I think that – and the Clippers didn't have to worry about that. You plug Kawhi in, you know he's the alpha dog. He doesn't have to defer anybody. He just has to go out there and get buckets. Just right? do his thing, yeah. So they didn't have to worry about Paul George being out there and taking taking time from – or taking possessions from Kawhi and vice versa or trying to balance that out. Look what the Rockets did last night, dude. Like the Rockets, James Harden and Russell Westbrook looked scared to play with each other because they were both trying to not make the other person mad or at least respect the other person. I don't sure. think they care about making the other person mad. They'll work that they out. Were, yeah, they were arguing and stuff, but I think they were at least trying to respect each other. Lakers or the Clippers didn't really have to worry about that. Um, I'll tell you this, man. Like, so I, I want to preface all this with saying this is early reaction. This yeah. is game one. So like, we don't know anything, right? Like, we don't yeah. truly know anything. I choose to think I do know something, though, because I watched this whole game. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, and this is what I, I took. I had, I really made three main takeaways from this game. Number one, um, I'm not worried about LeBron and AD. I'm not worried about that. I think they're going to get that worked out, no problem. They're, yeah. they're, this is the first time in, I can't re- even remember how long, where LeBron was the third best player on the court between Kawhi, okay, Anthony uh, okay. Davis, and him. Like, that, <laughs> you were talking about on the Lakers. No, like, no, no, no. Who's I mean, Al- Alex Caruso. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, right. <laughs> I think actually, he, actually, that's true. He got a DMP. I'm pretty sure. Um, but, <laughs> but like, it's one of those things. I'm not worried about those two filling it up. This ragtag bunch that's around them, though, are terrible. And that that is going to be. That's not going to get better because you had Danny Green out there who went seven for nine from three-point land and really kept them in this game as much as they were, but this game was never even really close. It really wasn't. The Lakers took the lead a little bit at the beginning, but once the Clippers stepped, you know, put got things figured out and put their foot on the gas, I mean, number one, you've got Doc Rivers coaching its Frank fucking Vogel. And at the end of the day, like, that is just something that is they're not going to be able to get around. The, the other take, the second takeaway I had from this game is that and I'll get back to the first one in a second, is that Frank Vogel is running that damn Pacers offense that he ran when he was there for so long. Like, it's an offense that was run 10 years ago, almost now, and you got the Lakers trying to run this same kind of offense where it's not a lot of high screens, like, not a lot of work down low, and again, you don't have Kuzma, and there's some things there that you're trying to probably make up for, but it's just a mess, dude, and like, you're not going to have JaVale McGee out there playing 27 minutes a game. You can't have that. Like, that's not going to work. And obviously, again, once Kuzma gets back, that should help. But, like, it's uh, there were so many times in this game where whenever you would sit, like, Anthony Davis, for instance, where LeBron was looking around at this team, 
with that look on his face. You've seen this look. You know exactly what I'm talking about, where it's like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> and like, rightfully so, Le- LeBron James gets <laughs> gets to say that. He does. But, and you know how much of a team guy I am when it comes to all this, right? But right, like, right. at the end of the day, that's not something they can get around. That team around them stinks. And Dwight Howard, dude, 30 pounds lighter or 40 pounds lighter Dwight Howard, who's a vegan now, uh, sidebar, the vegan thing, I, I think that gets in the, the the way of all these athletes that are on that. All I don't get I don't get that. Yeah, I don't either. But he looks like somewhere between a zombie and a mummy. And I'm not sure which spectrum is which, but he, he looked terrible, dude. He looked bad. He looked, he looked really not bad. good. And that's your saving grace? He's going to be on the couch stiff as a board by December. Yeah, most likely with the flu because he doesn't have any protein in his system. Exactly. <laughs> and so for me, what it comes down again, these are early reactions, but like there are like it's one of those things like and we've been joking about it through our group text for, you know, all summer long about oh, they're gonna be done by Christmas, blah, blah, blah. My legit thought was that they'd probably be done by the all-star break as far as just realizing this is not gonna work. I do not think it's gonna work properly with that with that cast of characters. And, and that's aside from a LeBron and AD, because they're gonna get yeah. it figured out. But they were out there. That was my third thing that I saw is that they were out there pl- trying to play the same position the whole time. And it just that's gonna fuck them up, man. At the end of the day, LeBron is supposed to be the point guard in this system. And he he's not a point guard. He's just not. Yeah. Not, not to take away from LeBron, but he's just not a point guard. Yeah. I can understand where you're coming from on all those. I, I I actually really like their roster, except for vegan Dwight Howard. What the heck is that? That's that's another one of those pop power bottom moves, dude, is what that is. For sure. But uh I I actually I actually really like this roster. I think that I said it all year or all summer. Danny Green is the biggest pickup. Um, because that dude shot he was the second best three point shooter in the league last year and he locks down defense defense or other players on the opposite end of the court. Avery Bradley's a similar. I think he's shot 40% from the three-point line mm-hmm. for his entire year. And last, last last night, he shot 40%. Or against the Clippers, he shot 40%. Um, Let me I'm, tell you about Avery Bradley for a second, because I've watched okay. the Avery Bradley show. You've watched him play. I have, and it does not end up the way that it always is intended. <laughs> it just does not with him. Well, as, historically, the way that you win with LeBron James, you just throw three-point shooters around him. And sure. then, like, look at that. The Cavs team that beat the Warriors, it was just a bunch of three-point shooters. Yeah. And LeBron James, and he makes it work because he draws so much gravity that like people just find themselves wide open. Like he, in the preseason, some of the passes that he looks like Magic Johnson out there, man. Yeah. Um, and he he has to find that was that was why they lost the game, is because he just wasn't aggressive. Um, he has to find a way to mix his aggressiveness throughout four quarters with I want to be a facilitator and I want this to be Anthony Davis play through Anthony Davis, you know? Yeah, for sure. At the end of the day, I don't think, and hear me when I say this, I, I, because this is going to be weird for me to say at the, at the beginning. I don't think, I still don't think that this team should play through Anthony Davis in that you initiate offense with Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. I think that this team should play with Anthony Davis being the first option, but you have to initiate the offense with LeBron because okay. The more the more that you can have Anthony Davis moving without the ball, whether that's like Vogel was fantastic at that when he was in Indiana in regards to off ball screens and just moving around and like making flex cuts where somebody does a screen on Anthony Davis at the bottom of the key 
or at, on on the right side of the key. We're on we're on video now, so I can do this stuff. Yeah. On the right side of the key, you put a screen on them, and then you go back behind the rim, and then you just sit your butt down underneath the rim, and you throw a pass in there. And he's got his guy on his back already, so he just does a reverse dunk. Right. Sure. Frank Vogel was fantastic at that, and I, that's what I think you need. You need to play through LeBron James, but have Anthony Davis be your first scoring option. Yeah. Um, but when it comes right down to it, man, like I've been telling Kyle this, and like I don't know where I don't. You're somewhere in the middle on this, I'm pretty sure. But like, uh, I am more than convinced that LeBron doesn't really give a fuck about playing basketball anymore. And I will say, LeBron's not give a fuck about playing basketball is still better than 85 percent of people in this league. Yeah. So like. I just I don't think that he cares about winning the same way that he used to because dude he that Cleveland team was so much worse and he dude, put that they team were so bad he put that team on his back like that was the most impressive thing I've ever seen out of an athlete before was the way he did yeah. that and I had the utmost respect for him for doing that because it was incredible but like I just don't think he cares and if you think about it he's got a perfect built-in excuse because there's two things that could happen here they win a ring and it's LeBron and AD's show and that's what happens right. Or they lose, and it's the Lakers' fault for not putting a good team around him, and whatever he's LeBron James. Yeah, and it's—I mean, it's it's win-win. It's fucking brilliant. It really <laughs> is. Like I can't hate the guy for it. Right. I just don't think he cares about basketball the same way he used to, and I know that's a big indictment. But again, eighty-five percent LeBron's better than everybody else in the league. Yeah, and for me, I, that's to be determined for me. Like like you said, I'm I'm kind of in the middle. I don't I don't yet know. Um, I'm gonna hold my judgment till the middle of the season. Last year, at the end of the se- at the middle. Middle end of the season, I was like, yeah, he didn't care. But yeah. I'm going to hold hold off on that until I see these teams play a little bit more. I still have the Lakers in the top five power rankings for me. Mm. I, however, have changed my view on the Clippers, and they are number one for power ranking for it's, me. I think I had them at like two or three at the beginning of the season. They are number one for me now. And kind of, kind they of, like the most impressive team. No, no doubt. And and to your point earlier about like the way that the Lakers are going to have to run their offense and you know you're going to have guys like Danny Green out there. It's not going to be the offense that's really going to give the Lakers a lot of trouble, but the defense is just going to they're going to get murdered, I think. And out out again, this is all outside of AD and and LeBron for the most part, but LeBron load manages himself by not playing defense much. And people give him a hard time about that and you know, I, I, we've talked about that on this show at, at nauseum because, like, he is. It's not that he doesn't want to play defense; it's that that's where he kind of takes his breaks. And I, because when he wants to play defense, he can play defense. But I yeah. just, why, why is that going to change in season seventeen for thirty-five-year-old LeBron? So it's different. Here's here's what I I think it was something like this. Back in the day, somebody discovered cheese, right? Probably a French guy. Okay. And they were like, Louis Pasteur, this is, right? This is right, right. Whoever discovered cheese, French guy. Yeah. This is the greatest thing that I've ever had in my life. Um, and they were like, this cheese is fantastic. And then some idiot left it out for too long and it turned gross and disgusting. And then somebody, some other French dude ate it and it, they were like, this smells like shit, but it's delicious. Like, this is fantastic. Okay. Right. LeBron James, original LeBron James defense was cheese. He has become stinky cheese now. So like, like, here, here's what I mean by that. There was a play where they were trying to pass the ball back up to LeBron James because they were trying to do an entry pass to Anthony Davis. Didn't work. Passed it back out to LeBron James, and Kawhi picked it out of the air, right, mm-hmm. and knocked it over. Um, there was a race between Kawhi and LeBron, and Kawhi beat him to it. Back in the day, LeBron leaves him in the dust, right? Like, mm-hmm. as freak athlete as Kawhi is, LeBron was way, Better. way more of a freak. Better. Leaves him in the dust, goes and picks it up, probably turns it around and turns it into a dunk. LeBron couldn't beat him to it. Kawhi beat him to the ball. LeBron 
puts his body into him the whole way there and is in his hip pocket the whole way there until he makes Kawhi uncomfortable enough to drop it off to his big and his big and then LeBron immediately turns around and swipes the ball off the big's leg and it goes out of bounds back to the Lakers. Yeah. That's stinky cheese defense, dude. That was like LeBron using every skill that he had to the minimal amount of effort to where he gets the possession back. And that's that's what he has become. He's so smart, dude. Like if you watch him play, he doesn't close out on guys that shoot less than 35% from the three-point line because it's not it, it doesn't matter to him, mm-hmm. right? He's like, you can shoot it. You can shoot 30% from the three-point line if you like, but he closes out on guys that can shoot. Right. And he switches and he like he makes the perfect perfect read every single time on defense. And sometimes whenever you're going so fast mentally but not moving as fast physically because you know that you, you know what's about to happen, it looks like it doesn't have you don't have as much effort. Oh, I agree with you. No, I get it. He's still a top tier defender. It just doesn't look like it. Yeah. No, I'm yeah, but I, I, but I agree that he does that to save it on the other end. He's not flying around the flying around the perimeter like he used to and guarding multiple positions at the same time. Like he used to, that's not him anymore. He was 35. He's he's 35 years old. Yeah. Right. At the end of the day, stinky cheese isn't as good as regular cheese. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's still great. I've never had stinking cheese. Yeah, I assume it's still great. It's I'm sure still, it he's still sure. a fantastic defender, and he's a much better defender in this day and age than a lot of people give him credit for. He does take, he doesn't take possessions off, but he does save energy on defense. Yeah, I get that. I just I don't think that with his attitude about basketball now, I just don't think he cares that much, like that yeah. much, to really put himself at risk because he realizes that every dollar that he's making right now is building his bank account, and you know what. He's earned that right. He has. And if you look at the list, and it's a little bit, you know, between you, me, and Kyle's top 30 list, we're kind of, there's, the top 10 are a lot of interchangeable guys, right? There's there's a lot of movement, but they're all the same guys. To me, he's not moving up that list anymore for the most part, unless he wins another ring and and does it in a spectacular form. Probably not going to happen. It's just probably not. You have him at two, right? No, I have him at three or four. Okay. Because I've got I have Kareem Wilt MJ above him. I thought you put Bill Russell above Wilt for uh, being a Boston fan. I forget exactly how I had it. Let me, I, I, I write it down because I go back and forth between them. <laughs> yeah, so I've got yeah, so no, that's right. I've got Michael, I've got Kareem, and then I've got Bill Russell. That's right. Okay, and then, and then Wilt, LeBron number four. Yeah, Wilt fell further down the list. That's right. Okay. Last last okay. I I re looked at everything. So like, I have him at two. I just don't think he's gonna pass Bill Russell. I just don't like at the end of the day, and and that's okay. Like again, LeBron's earned that right. Yeah, but it is. It just feels different to me. I, I don't know how to explain it. When I look at what I've seen out of LeBron the last four years since he put that team on his back, I don't feel the same thing from him. I just don't. That's fair. So we'll, we'll see. It, it's going to be an interesting year with them, man. But I will say, and I wish you would have seen this kind of more in real time, there were about five times where they called a timeout and Jason Kidd got up off the bench to do coach things and then realized, oh, shit, I'm not the coach and sat back down. That's he's not the coach, and he's not the assistant coach no. either, bro. His title <laughs> might say that, but he's not the assistant no. coach on that team. It's going to be a mess, dude. Whenever that all boils over, that's going to be a mess. Yeah. I, I really like Vogel. I think he has a really good really good offense, and I think, he, man, he did some things with some Pacer, those Pacers teams that shouldn't have been done with those Pacers teams. But they never um, really got out of like the first and second round. They just never did. That's because LeBron James was playing against them. It's true, but um, like... <laughs> I don't know. I, and that I just, was prime LeBron too. But but yeah, dude, I, I feel you. He got fired for a reason, right? Yeah. Like you don't fire like Rick Carlisle still in Dallas, even though they 
gotten a number three pick. Right. 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 So, and he was in, was he in uh, Orlando for a little bit too? Yeah, he was in Orlando. Maybe. Before I'm not that. Great or at, no, after I'm not that. great at the history of coaches. Yeah, he went from, so he was the head coach. So he was an assistant with the Pacers from 07 to 11. And then 11 to 16, he was the coach for the Pacers. And then he went to Orlando for two years after that. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's varied success, I would say, overall. But just, I, I don't know. I just don't really believe. I think that was a lackluster hire for me. But, I mean, at the time, it was such a circus. Magic had just up and quit the team. Like, I, I mean... Right. What, what choice right. did you have other than did you fucking hold on to Luke Walton? Like, I don't know what you were doing there. Dude, yeah, they, they definitely. I think Luke Walton has better potential than Frank Vogel. I, I think that not getting Ty Lue was the best thing for them, honestly. Yeah. Ty Lue was a coach's coach where, or a player's coach. He's a lot like Scott Brooks in that, like, he didn't really have a great coach mind, but he could make really good friends with the players, you know? And that's why LeBron loved him is because they were, they were tight, you know? I, I with you there. I just, I mean, LeBron was the coach of that team. Let's be yeah, honest. Because that's exactly, that's exactly right. Because yeah. nobody else has been pounded down the door before or after to hire Ty Lue, even though he's got a ring. Right. So, I mean, at the end of the day, like he, you know, and sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes you don't really need somebody to really tell you what to do if you've got LeBron James on your team or Michael yeah. or whoever. Like that, I, I bag on Phil a lot because I think he coached two of some of the best players of all time. And it's Dude, pretty yeah. easy to win with Shaq and fucking MJ, you know, yeah. but I, I, you know, he deserves some respect too. I get that. But like, you know, I, I just don't yeah, think Ty is one of those guys. Actually, I'm probably being a little bit hypocritical with, with Ty Lue because my first response whenever you said that was the best thing that Phil Jackson did was get out of the way of those two guys. Yeah. But that's what Ty Lue did too. Definitely. So I guess I need to, I, I need to give him some credit for that. Definitely. So that's my bad, Ty. Ty, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. The best thing you could have done is get out of LeBron James' way, and you did a good job of it. Dude, Ty Lue, Lue uh, earned some points in my book by just absolutely body bagging Rich Paul the other day when he tried to show him some love and just looked at him and walked off. Yeah. That's fucking brilliant, dude. Absolutely brilliant. I love that cutthroat shit in L.A. He knows that Rich Paul's the reason why he got fired from the Cavs. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But, I mean, he did the same thing to David Blatt and all that stuff, too. So, I mean, it's no different, really. Yep. So, well, I'm... I'm just th- trying to think. So, I mean, so w- where do you have the Lakers? You have them like four. So right now, preliminarily, I'm going to take shit from Kyle for doing this because I love the Bucks. Um, but I've got one is the Clippers, mm-hmm. two are the Sixers, mm-hmm. three are the Bucks, four are the Lakers. Wow. So I thought you were higher on Utah than that. I was. They haven't been as impressive to me as any of those teams. And Lakers are 0-1, right? Sure. They're 0-1, but what they how bad they played and for them to not just get blown out of the water and for as they did get unstoppable as, <laughs> I mean they lost by 12 but those those games are like 12 is pretty par for the course in today's NBA it's not like it wasn't it wasn't close to the at the at the game or at the thing and they got outscored 17 to 27 they got outscored 10 points in the fourth quarter which is when Second half is when talent comes takes over, right? But yeah. they were neck and neck in the third quarter. It was tied at the end of the third quarter. Yeah, but I mean, um, good teams close out. You've got Doc versus Frank Vogel. I'd t- give me Doc any day of the week in that, that situation. Yeah. That's another thing the Clippers have going for him is getting Doc out of that GM role and just focus on coaching because he's a damn good coach. Yeah, yeah. And I've given him and, shit a lot on this show. Right. I just didn't think the Lakers were as as polished as the Clippers were. I think the Clippers mm-hmm. won that game not because they had more talent, but because they were more polished. 
But they did the same exact thing to Golden State last night too. So they I mean, get the shit out of Golden State. Exactly. Yeah. And again, like, and Steve Kerr said, like, we're gonna have those nights from now on. Like, that's just how it's gonna go here. And yeah. like, that's part of it. I mean, you just <laughs> you lost Kevin Durant. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's that's tough. And Clay Thompson's hurt. So like, yeah, that's just gonna be that way for a little bit. And D'Lo and Steph are gonna have to take some time to get to know each other. But I honestly think, man, that I've got the Lakers like six. And I think that's probably a little bit generous because I think Denver is exponentially better than they're going to be. And I don't know what Portland's going to be like yet. Yeah. And at the, at the end of the day, we're, we're one game in right? Sure. For most of these Again. Teams, two games in for some of these teams. So I don't, I, I'm not going to argue with you when you say Lakers six, I'm surprised that you, you have them there. Honestly, I thought you would have them lower. Yeah. But, it, um, again, it's a sliding scale though, a little bit. And I prefaced all that with that early reactions. We know nothing right now. But we pretend to know something because what else would we talk about for an hour? Right. So here's here's the other thing. The Clippers, and I wouldn't have had the Lakers ranked this high had I not seen what the Clippers did to Golden State last night. Mm-hmm. The Clippers just stored 141 on a team that's known for being a good defensive team. Like, I get that you don't have Clay on the court, but you still have Dre on the court. Yep. You still have that defensive mindset, right? They scored 141 on them. Um, that's so, absurd. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. That's a lot of points. <laughs> that's a lot of points, especially on a team that has a championship pedigree. Yeah. Multi-year championship pedigree. Yeah. Uh, regardless of whether that the coach is still there and the heart of the team is still there and Draymond and then Steph's still there. Dude, that's like all-star game type shit. Yeah. That's, that's absurd. It really is. Lou Will is one of the most value signings I've ever seen. Dude, he might be a top 20 player in the league. <laughs> Right, he, he is just a walking bucket, dude. Like he doesn't yeah. miss. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, Montrez Harrell looked good. Landry Shamit looks good. Zubak looks pretty decent. Patrick Patterson looks good. They, man, that this Clippers team is far and away better than most teams yeah. in the league. Steph was very disappointing to me. Mm. I yeah. said that. I said that it's a two man race this year for MVP. Yeah, that's Giannis and Steph. I agree with that. Um, and I, I don't. I'm going to have to see a lot more from Steph. I don't know what was going on. He went two for 11 from the three-point line. He probably yeah. shimmied after he hit one of them, though. Probably. That, that could happen. <laughs> that could bring you yeah. bad juju, that's for sure. But <laughs> It'll I, bring you 20 years of hate from Josh Bristow. <laughs> it's true, but I, I think, though, that he's got a... Man, he's been playing in a pretty easy offense for the last couple of years, and there's going to be some growing pains there, and I think Steve Kerr is right. There's just going to be nights like that with him, and, yeah. you know... And him and D'Lo will figure it out and all that. So there, there's a lot to come from that team as well. Um, all right, man. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap everything up. These hours go quick whenever we actually have a full season going on, right? Yeah, no joke, man. I, I'm ready to talk about 10 more teams. I know. Well, we'll get to it. we got plenty of time. we got the whole season. We'll be doing live watch stuff, too, once we settle down a little bit with uh, World Series stuff being over. So, you know, we'll be able to do lots of kind of live uh, in-game commentary and stuff like that. We'll get Kyle back and all that. I can't wait, man. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, buddy. We'll we'll uh, we'll wrap things up, and I'll see you next week. All right, see you, bud. Later.